Isn't it amazing? Everybody knows, right? Well, what do you got your, your kid into? Well, right now my kid is playing a little t-ball, you know, and he's getting ready to graduate to the next level of ball. And then, you know, he's playing football in football season. And then we got him doing a little track so he can get his speed up for the next football season. And then we got him coming to this and coming to that and coming to the other. Because we all know that we're moving toward the goal. And the goal is to get that scholarship and get that recognition. And ultimately, if possible, to get the brass ring and have a professional athlete that we've raised. And we begin when they're small, spending money and time and effort to cover all the bases so that they are ready for the next level. And theologically speaking, we're doing nothing. Imagine this conversation. Yeah, I'm really hoping my boy will someday, you know, maybe get a scholarship, play college ball, have a chance to go pro. Really? What are you doing now to kind of get him ready for that? Oh, nothing. I'm just praying that one day he'll have a calling and then he'll. We laugh. Tell us something. Everybody, and I don't mean outside the church, I mean inside the church. Everybody knows the pattern. You're preparing them for the university. What kind of things do you have them studying in order to prepare them for the university? Well, not everybody's going to be a pro athlete, and yet, the pattern that you take your child through is the pattern to prepare them for the next phase and the next phase and the next phase that ultimately, if they're really good, leads to the professional athlete. From a theological perspective, we're not saying that every young man that we begin to feed these things is going to end up being that next generation of ministers but some of them are. So plant seeds. Plant seeds. Amen. Welcome to the Av Podcast. It's your boy, the People's Preacher, and you're tuned into the the best uh, podcast on this side of uh, the IE or the LA IE. Amen. I got a good friend of mine. He's there in the um, what do you call it? He's there in the green room. But before we get started, just want to give a quick shout out to all those that have been listening, supporting the podcast. Um, this uh, next uh, guest is something somebody special to m- me and my family. Them and um, their family, uh, known him for a few years, have seen the growth in him. Remember uh, listening to him preach for the first time, and I couldn't believe it was him on the stage. You know, they say when the anointing of God falls on a man, you know, it's not him. Amen. So I'm going to call up my brother right now and um, uh, coming straight out of, uh, uh, I believe, Santa Fe Springs via um, the IE. Amen. Give it up for my brother. Greg G is in the house. What's good, brother? Hey, how's it going? How's it going? Amen. Amen. So I see you wearing the good. You, you got your good shirt on. OK, OK. You got your hair all oh, yeah, you looking good. 
yeah, I just got lined up. You see that? <laughs> Somewhere. Uh, yeah, you, you got that. It. You got that yeah. good fade. Amen. Amen. Before we get yeah. started, um, my brother wants to go ahead and share a scripture because right here in the Ave, you know, we like to do the scripture of the day. And um, a lot of times we go through things in life. A lot of times we go through trials, tribulation, financials, health issues, and um, we can run to a lot of things. We can run to uh, Facebook, Instagram, friends, family. But we know as Christians where our source of strength lies. We know where um, where our uh, truth comes from and our authority. Amen. So my brother's going to go ahead and share one of his uh, scriptures. Amen. Um, yeah, praise God. Uh, one scripture I, I, I love right now, um, it's, it's been dear to me for past two seasons nothing to like encourage and lift up but kind of to reassess myself i'm very big on reevaluating uh myself and whoever i'm kind of speaking life into and it's in mark chapter 8 verse 34 and it says and i'll read out of the nlt and it says then calling the crowd to join his disciples he said if any of you wants to be my follower you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. And, and one, one thing I, I love about that is it said that he, he had the crowd join his disciples, so meaning there is a distinction between the two. And and if something has to join, it, it, it's mean because they ain't together. So then I have to talk to myself Am I a crowd or am I a disciple? Ooh, come on. I think those are very two bit different things that the church is missing it a lot right now. Just because we're sitting in a church seat, just because we listen to worship music, you can still be part of the crowd. And mm, I never want to find myself a part of the crowd. I want to find myself engaged in his presence. Amen. So... But, but it also says, if any of you wants to be my follower, so if you're a crowd, and if you want to be this follower, it says you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. And those are heavy words right there. Because what is it saying? It's saying everything that is in you must die. Ooh, come on. The, the one thing that is not godly of you is you. Oh, come on. <laughs> so when, when Adam lost it, and Jesus gained it back. We have to find a, a, a way to dismantle the, the, the you. Because we say less of me and more of you. But if there's less of you, there's still some of you. Oh, come on. Come on. You're preaching. And, and on. You're my preaching. pastor, I remember one time he said, a dead man can't respond. Yes. And that always stuck out to me. So that's always uh, a, a thing of mine, you know. Uh Hey, turn from your selfish ways, pick up your cross, man. Meaning, they already knew what the cross meant. It didn't start with Jesus. They already knew picking up your cross means, you know, death is happening. So, that's why it's always dear to me. Am I proud right now? Because there could be seasons where I'm part of the crowd. Mm, come on, talk but about once it. once I pick this book up and start reading and come to the scripture, I always got to see myself. Am I proud? Or am I a disciple in his presence? So mm. I love this scripture. So that's that's like my main scripture right now that I'm, you know, drawing to. Amen. You know what? Uh, uh, 
what you talked about, everything you just said is contrary to what this world desires. We desire self, uh, selfishness. You know, man, to, you know, in, in, our, in our fallen nature, we de- we're, we're selfish. We only think about ourselves. We only want to please ourselves. But like you said, when you come to a, a place where you're carrying that cross, there's death. Man, I, 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 we need, to, I need to die. We need to die. You said if there's less of me, there's still of me. That's a good God. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> there's always going to be. Come on, but, but I'm guilty of that. You know yeah, yeah, like, for sure. So I already know I'm not preaching to nobody but me. Come on, you but you preaching, say? boy. We preaching. I love it. I love Come it. On. I love it. Amen. So, amen. We, uh, a good scripture, my brother. There was a um, scripture was in Mark. Mark, what was it again? Mark chapter 8, verse 34. 834 is the Av Podcast. Scripture of the day coming from my boy, the preacher. This man is a preaching machine. If you talk to this guy on the street, you he's a calm, cool, collective, humble dude. Something happens when he gets behind that pulpit. I don't know. Me, I remember the first time we heard you preach, bro. Me and my wife looked at each other like, who is this guy? That's not Brother Greg, is it? <laughs> And then your wife was just like, "Oh my goodness, he's so cute! Oh my god!" Like, yeah, she was all uh, she was seen that night. Yeah, she was all uh, yeah. woo, amen. But amen, that just lets us know, you know, uh, what 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 God can do with a man when he picks up that cross, when he dies the self, and when he allows the Holy Spirit to move through him. Because you know, a lot of times, you know, as preachers, you know, we get over prepared, and we and we have all these notes, and we're gonna say this. And we're going to say this. And then God says, well, that's nice. And then when you go behind the pulpit, he says, but I want to say this. And and because so-and-so's yeah. here. But amen. Good stuff. Good stuff. But hey, so again, I want to thank you once again for taking time to to come and sit down with me and chop it up. And I know you're a busy man. You're, you're, um, go ahead and give us a, a, a little intro of who you are, Brother Greg. Uh, talk to us. Tell us uh, who you are and so people can get to know you a little better. Uh, my name's uh, Greg Guadarrama. I just turned old. I'm in the 30s now. Woo, come 30s. on. I remember those days. I, I remember <laughs> even two years ago. I'm like 30s old, you know? That's yeah. Long, I was like, man, I'm turning. Now I'm in 30. It's all downhill. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> um, I'm 30, married, uh, four years married, uh, father of three. I got a 13-year-old, a 12-year-old. And a three-year-old. Uh, I grew up Ontario, California, um, and currently in Santa Fe Springs. It's weird because I'm like from that side. I'm from the IE, right? I'm like I never moved to LA. Yeah, like, I'm moving out of state before I moved to LA, and then here I am. But I think moving out here is the greatest thing for me because uh, it caused me to think bigger, like. Life mm. ain't just about this little circle that we find ourselves in. So now I honestly will move anywhere, and I ain't worried where I'm at because wherever I step foot, that's mine. You know. Come on. Um, so, so anything else, man? I just uh, serving the Lord, man, and just loving God as best as I can. Amen. And I'm still pushing. Come on, come on. We 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 know. Uh, uh... We know that uh, God has blessed you, man, blessed you abundantly. But um, one of the questions I like to ask everybody on the Av Podcast, 
is pretty kind of like my signature question because of what we went through last year in 2020 with the pandemic elections were last year a lot of craziness a lot of a lot of stuff happened but as the body of Christ you know we can do two things we can see life through the lenses of man or we can see life through the lenses of scripture via the holy spirit um talk to us about what you might have learned in 2020 that you were able to take into 2021 uh something that you learned a principle, a gold nugget, a mind change, a mindset. What did what what did you bring into twenty twenty one that you learned in twenty twenty? Uh, not depend on nobody, you know. Come just uh, like I think more people struggled with the relationship with God if they didn't have a full on relationship with God before that. Like if mm. they were depending only on their church. Ooh, come on. They were struggling more. But I always told someone just because the doors was closed doesn't mean uh, the phone calls are closed. Oh, come on. Talk uh, about it. Should have still spoken life. Uh, one, one thing I learned is to now is you don't always have to speak just because you have an opinion. Because uh, everyone's opinions was going out like crazy in 2020. What's right? What's wrong? Who's this? Who's that? Right? Um. I, I just think the priorities, you know, got shifted. Um, and then you just, you either grew or you took some steps back. Oh, come on. Saying? Talk and, about uh, it. I, I knew I grew. I had a, a part where I wasn't growing like I was and then picked it back up, you know. I think uh, the turning point for us was in October. Uh, we were just tired of just the day by day. So me and my wife, we uh, fasted all month. We we took out TV. We took out social media. We took out all the apps on our phone, whatever we uh, spend more time with God with. You know what I'm saying? Whatever we spend more time than God, we took it out in the month of October. Mm, come on! So it was just nothing but prayer, reading, listening to sermons. It was just God. You got our full attention, and and it just burst something in us. Mm, come on! And and God just started moving, you know. And then we just, you know, because I, I believe twenty twenty was a bi- a, a, a year of vision, Ooh. but it was a year of, of clarity. Come on! Right? Yes. Church yes. Stands or the church is gonna fall. But it's not even it's not even about the building church. It's about the people, you know. Did you stand or did did you grow? Did you rise or did you fall and stumble? But just because you fell, God's goodness and His grace is good that you could just pick up, you know. But it was a time for the church to rise up, you know. Mm. Uh, it was a time to find God in your in in your. Uh, in your alone time, your quarantine time, whatever whatever your standing was in this whole mm-hmm. virus, right? I just pray, like, man, did did the church do enough? You know, man, so that's what kind of. No, I love that, man. Through. I love how you took the situation you were in, and then you turned around and you 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 adapted and you grew. You know, one of the things that I told people, twenty twenty. Uh, 
the church never closed in 2020. Uh, the building's closed. And so we're not yeah. the building. You know, we make the building. The building doesn't make us. And I, a lot of people struggled in 2020 with their faith. And um, I like how uh, even you kind of uh, uh, talked about it, how, you know, people were really put to a test. You know, like, where's my faith? Where's my walk with God? Am I really deep? Am I really rooted? For me, um, I was blessed to work the whole year. So I, I got... I got sidetracked a little bit here and there, but I was able yeah. to go to work every day. But one of the things that I tell people is, you know, we don't appreciate things until they're taken from us. That's just how man is. And a lot of people were telling me, dude, like, I'm struggling because I can't be in the church. I'm struggling because of this, this and that. And and I understood. But at the same time, I'm like, was your dependency on a church, on a title, on a pastor, now you got to feed yourself. Now you got to pray by yourself. Now you got to, you you know, like I was, I interviewed Brother David uh, from Praise Chapel last week. And he told me, you know, like, uh, now you got to do everything on your own. Like, you got to be the, the worship leader. You got to be the preacher. You got to be the Sunday school teacher. You got to be the, the, the head usher. You got to be the security guard. You got to be everything in 2020. And uh, it, I, like I tell people, it was even hard for me because I'm thinking like, have I really been the priest that I've been called to be? Have I really prayed enough with my wife, uh, prayed enough with my kids, you know, read scriptures with them? And uh, last year it was kind of, like you say, like a clarity and eye opener, like, man, I need to step up my game. And so, man, yeah, that was a that was a big wake-up call. And like you said, if those who didn't wake up, they're not – a lot of people didn't make it back to the church. And that's sad because – you had people that had been in church for years and then you 2021 2021 rolls around and those people they're still out there they're still you know doing what they're doing so it was definitely a season of uh of pruning uh, of shifting amen yeah amen so that was a good thing uh that you were able so one month with no social media i would die i would die <laughs> um I, I thought it was the great. Honestly, I think no social media is the greatest thing ever. Mm. Um, you think I need rehab? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I need rehab. So, oh God. So November came. Yeah. I got it back. The first day, I'm like, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought I'm done with social media. It's boring. I don't see nothing to it. So I took it off. I just got it back not even a month ago, only because. To promote the business. Yes. That's it. Like, yeah, if yeah. it wasn't for that, I'll, I'll perfectly fine without social media for the rest of my life. Mm. You know, because honestly, like, it's an addiction too, you know? People no, definitely, think, definitely. You know, oh, no, it's for this. No, no. It's a bad habit. <laughs> you need to stop lying to yourself. Come on. You know what I'm saying? I won't lie to myself and, no and, more. And it's an idol. Ooh, and come we can on. Say whatever we want, but sometimes we gotta check ourselves. Right? Yikes. And so uh and I'm speaking to me again, right? I'm gonna, if, hey, if I'm, you're convicted with that, <laughs> hey, I'm gonna but, lose uh, connection real quick on accident. I don't know. Like you I can't hear him. I can't hear him. No, but it's true because it <laughs> yeah. It, it, because it does become an idol and it does uh, cause distraction and and um let's just be real. Lust, temptation, enviness. Uh, you're seeing people, you're like, man, what about me? And how come he has, and look at her. And you know, the devil, 
can use it against you if you're not being, you're not focused. So no, definitely it can be all those things. And what, well, well, it's that, it's that whole, it can be good and it can be bad. Right. Yes. Just like, just like, um, 2020, the whole quarantine. Yes. The church was getting viewed with all the preachers and sermons and the grip of Bibles. They said was being bought at that time. Right. Yeah. But they said pornography was at a higher rate as well. Ooh, come on. No, definitely. You see what I'm saying? So it's it's that it was good to quarantine, but then it was bad for others. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes the social media, it, it can be used for good, but the enemy can use it for his advantage too. So I think it, it's just like anything in life is balanced, right? Structure. and, and, and No, definitely, and, uh, definitely. All that other, not other than this stuff. Hey Amen. Let's 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 go. Let's uh, take it to a, uh, let's go to another direction. So, talk to us a little bit about where you grew up and uh, where uh, kind of like, you know, what, what was it like where you grew up? Uh, what what city did you grow up in? You know, you know, uh, talk to us a little bit about that. I grew up in Ontario. Just the whole the whole side. I grew up on a little street called Richland, though, but that's on the borderline of Ontario and Upland. Okay. Grew up there. That's where all the street stuff happened. No tagging. All all the uh, drinking nonsense. All the trouble happened on that street right there. You know. Yeah. But I grew up the whole city of Ontario, from the south all the way towards Upland borderline. Um, since. Young the way until I moved out here. And um, what was uh, uh what was your thing where you know you said you a lot of uh what graffiti or gang banging, the uh, drug dealing. What was uh, what were uh, you pretty much into? Just graffiti, but you know it never stays that tagging. It just like kind of advances. All of a sudden, no one's really tagging no more. Just fights and riots and uh whatever came our way. You know, uh, so I was never a gangster, but I was just, we did some activity though. We'll just leave it like that. And amen. There's activity going. Amen. Amen. So growing up, uh, <laughs> you know, did you have your mom and dad, you a single parent home, uh, brothers and sisters? How was the family dynamic there uh, growing up? Um, yeah, well, it's like that, uh, mom and dad thing, you know what I'm saying? Until I was like six years old or something like that six or seven they divorced um so i well i got an older brother and then an older sister and then it's me and now i got a little brother and a little sister my older sister passed away in 2004 she was 15 years old mm. uh, she passed from cancer i was 13 um uh, my whole family was in the church area, you know what I'm saying? Like from great grandma to grandma, tias, tios, and all their kids, we were all Christians. Mm. And one by one, everybody just backslid, except my great grandma, you know? Uh, but when my mom and dad split up, I kind of stayed with my dad. And, you know, there's a whole direction on there. Uh, and, uh, when I was like in fourth grade, we got busted and I was and I moved with my mom for a little while. Um, until about seventh, eighth grade, I kinda lived with my grandma and my mom. But and then once I got like middle school, I just like eighth grade, ninth grade, I just stood with my mom from the whole way. 
Um, so I was with my dad after the split, but then I went with my mom and then just kind of stay with her. Mm. So. Amen. So t- uh, fast forward a little bit. Um, so, you know, as a teenager, you're doing your thing, you're running, you know, running away. Um, how was high school for you? Were you involved in sports? Uh, were you in the book club? Were you in the Mecha club? Well, you know, chess club. Oh, you in the chess club? All right, the yeah, chess, yeah, the chess yeah. club or the chess club? Yeah, yeah, I, I had a chess, and it just went away. But <laughs> it was there before. It was there. <clears throat> um, nothing, man. Um, uh, I tried to join football. I was ready ditching. I got kicked out of my first period class the second day of school. Oh, come on! Like they dropped me. Like I didn't have first period. So <laughs> I was like, there ain't no point of trying out now you know what I mean so all ninth grade I it was just it was just all bad I didn't do no work I I, I went for one semester to Chapey High School and I left with no credits at all like oh, all snaps. S <laughs> and then I went to a community school in community and like 98% of the people there are taggers and gangsters mm. um and then, like, you got to go in. You got to get searched, metal detector. You got to take out the shoes. Is Shafee the one that's on, uh, what street is that? Is that Euclid? No, no, no. Is it Euclid? Shafee's on 4th and 5th Street on Euclid. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And then uh, community school. It's, it's wild right there. And then uh, went to Ontario High School. I didn't do nothing there. <laughs> I was those kid that didn't even walk with a backpack. Uh I'll borrow a pencil every period and somehow lose it to the next period. I don't even know. It was just, I ain't do nothing. Uh, I went to continuation school. I didn't continue there either. I was just, you know, I was just there. You know what I mean? You're like, I went to continuation I didn't and didn't continue. I didn't graduate, but it's all good. Yeah, I didn't do nothing in high school, man. Amen. I was just. So do you, okay, so I want to go two ways real quick. Did you get saved first or did you meet your your love of your life first what came first i met i met her first okay let's go there let's let's uh let's talk about how you met justine that's her name correct i don't want to butcher her name yeah <laughs> how you met her and how you wooed her and won her over because you know i always tell people guys like us we have a saying in the church we marry up because uh i tell my wife you know like Honestly, if I wasn't a Christian, she probably wouldn't have looked at me twice. So that's how I got her. <laughs> it was the, it was it was all Jesus. It was all God because I didn't have like I didn't have a jo- I didn't have a job. I didn't have a car. I didn't have a ho- I didn't have nothing. I just <laughs> couple. I, I was a couple of jokes. You had that humor though. And that's so that's all I had. And, and honestly, that, she's like that humor bumped you up. So even if you're a five, that humor <laughs> makes you a seven. Yeah, a solid yeah. seven. Too, solid though. seven. All right, yeah, all right, cool. Yeah, yeah. Don't, hey, don't downplay yourself, man. <laughs> you're a king. <laughs> well, go ahead and talk to us about that moment you met her, and then when you realize I got this, or maybe she was like, uh, I got we this. Went to, we went to high school together. Okay. So we all had the same friends. We just missed each other. Okay. Until after high school, and then you know. Uh, all the mutual friends. So I just hit her up on the social media, and then did you hit her up on? MySpace? We didn't have to introduce each other to the friends because we all had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We literally had all the same friends. Um, 
and how I got her, she just seen me without my shirt, and it was a wrap. Oh, the chest. The chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the chest. I'm telling you, I had one. Amen. So, was there like a, was there like, did you give her like that, like, like a, like a, you know, you've been running through my mind all day kind of thing? Is your legs tired? You must be an angel. No, no, they're, they're just, we got, I don't know. It was just, you just, it, it was, we were just friends for a while, kicking and chilling, right? And okay. then, um, I hit her up, like, like, let's do something about it, right? <laughs> and then she had, she had, because we were chilling for a while. Yeah, yeah. And then she, she actually turned me down. Oh, no. So I'm like, whatever. Said something. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> and then I just went to go party. And then she calls me back. But I'm already partying. She calls me back. Okay, I made the biggest mistake of my life. <laughs> you know, she said, she said, baby, come back. You can blame it all on me. Right? Ooh, ooh, I'm like, ooh. all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I started. I started twerking and stuff. I'm like, Ooh. Nah, hey, I just, uh, hey, that'll work. The other, do yeah, whatever yeah. it takes. Uh, uh, and, and we just kind of started right there and uh, just picked up. It's been a roller coaster. Uh, um, of course, in the beginning, right? Uh-huh. God's been doing a lot of stuff in us right before we got married and stuff, and, and relationship is strong now. You know. Amen. Praise God. Take me to that place where you knew she was the one, not girlfriend-wise, but that moment you knew, like, you know what, I'm going to marry her. I, I, she's the one that maybe it wasn't a God moment, but, like, you just knew, like, you know what, I'm going to marry this girl. I'm going I'm to make her my baby da- mama and my, and my baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's 2021, but I can't have no baby daddy. No. Yeah. <laughs> Like, when did you know that she was the one you were going to marry? Because I always tell people, like, there's always that moment you're like, you know what? She's a keeper. I, I think cause she's, she's kind of right here. Right. <laughs> I think it's kind of like she uh-huh. always kind of did, like, the girlfriend or even now the wife and a little bit more. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I've always, like, uh, appreciated that you know she'll she'll go a little above and beyond what she she a lot of people do because i don't really ask for nothing like she got it made right like i don't i ain't on her i don't ask for nothing like i'm just like so chill but she still tries to do that and a little bit more Mm -hmm. And, and if you can find someone that'll do that and a little bit more you just snatch them up, you know. Ooh, snatch them up, but but it but yeah, it was, yeah you don't let them leave. But it was the it was it was you without your shirt that won her over. That's what she yeah knew. yeah That's what yeah she knew. Okay okay. She said, "I want to marry you." Mm, my God, she supply yeah. all my needs, uh, according to yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> hey, she is like she said. I know we about to sin, but your body is a blessing. That's Woo! Come on, preach, 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 <laughs> preach, preacher. We so, weren't saved. We weren't. No, just like we didn't do that. We she didn't do that. she probably wasn't saved when she said yes. Not nice playing. <laughs> <laughs> but check this out. So I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it around a little bit. So, you know, um, you meet her, and uh, a lot of times when guys meet girls, you know, um, 
She did have uh, she did have kids when you met her, correct? Yeah. Um, most guys would be like, "Oh heck no!" Like they don't want the package. A lot of guys want the girl and not the package. But you know, like I have sisters that have fifty kids each, and I and I tell my sisters, "Hey, if that dude doesn't want your kids, then he can't stay. He can't kick it. I mean, the food stamps are good, but he can't kick it. You know." <laughs> A lot of dudes are they 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 they're like that. They're like, "Oh, I like you. I want to be with you." But you know, I ain't trying to be nobody's daddy. You know, um but you know, as far as I've known you, you've been like I've never I never heard you even say that those weren't your kids. And I didn't even know that until years uh, later, and that just says a lot about who you are in Christ and who you are as a man because I've never heard I never heard you say Oh, that's my stepson or that's Justine's kids. Like you showed the love for them, like as if you they were yours. And so how were you able to like, you know, like what, 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 what? I know that that wasn't a a deal breaker for you, but, you know, for some it is like for you, like what was the mindset? Like, you know what? Cool. I'll, I'll take I'll take it. I guess you could say. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah. Uh, I, it, it, it's kind of even more heavy because I was only 19, right? When okay. I, when we got together. So it's like a 19-year-old taking on a girl with, with, with two kids and then they're deaf too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I don't know. It, it, it's just... I think like before we were even together, we talked a lot. Yeah, yeah. So she knew a lot of things that no one knew, mm. right? Because we were just talking as really good friends, too. So if you can connect with somebody on a friendship level, right, uh, you, you can see past a lot of things, too. Mm, so come on. once it was together, it was I already knew what I was getting myself into, mm-hmm. right? And it's not even something like I'm getting myself into. It's just no, but you knew what you uh, knew what the responsibilities were. Yeah, yeah, and and um, you know, I come from uh, you know, uh, family step cousins, step brothers, all that. You know, what I'm saying not brothers, but like my family wasn't shy to the steps, right? So you're familiar so, with that. I guess if you're used to having a, a, a married in cousin or whatever like that, it, it, it's really nothing. You know, yeah. like I never call any of my cousins that aren't blood like, oh, this is my step cousin. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's my cousin. And I really don't look at them any differently, you know? <clears throat> so, yeah, yeah. Hey, man. Yeah. So, talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, um, uh, you guys have uh, some uh, amazing kids, good-looking kids. You know, uh, uh, the kids are, you know, as far as I know, they've always been respectful, kind. You know, you know, you guys are doing a great job. Was there, uh, you know, you mentioned that they were death, and um, um, how did, how was able, how were you able to learn? I guess you could say, um, learn from them, and um, how could it be? I don't want to. I don't want to use the word challenging, because you know that I don't know if that's appropriate. But you know what kind of things that you you have you have you encountered? What kind of good things 
um, have you encountered by raising children that are deaf? Because there's uh, wait, wait, well, second, I'm sorry. Because there might be parents out there, I think, that are dealing with some of the things that you've dealt with, and maybe you can also give some encouraging words, maybe as well. Um, it, it's challenging. Uh, language barriers, especially in the beginning. Yeah, they didn't have language. Um. So to correct somebody, you gotta be able to explain the correction. Yeah. And if there's a language barrier, then we can't get the full concept back. It's basically like yes and yes, yes or no. Yeah. But with no reasoning. Mm. And, and we're young and we're just doing the best that we could at that time. Getting input from people. Um trying to give their best input right so that's the hard part because then it, if the language isn't there then frustration rises up and it, and it builds up right uh, so definitely you got to work on your patience and sometimes you have days where you have patience sometimes you have days where you don't have patience right you, yeah like, yeah you lose it but uh i think like, 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 I've always been, don't give them freebies or don't let them be okay because they're deaf. Now you're just, because they're not dumb. They're just deaf, right? Yes. So they know yes. if they can play you or not. Because mm. a lot of people want to say, oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. But they wouldn't let their kids do that. You know, but since they're deaf, they give them that, you know, excuse to act up a little bit. I never, you know what I'm saying? Let that happen. But. As a step parent now, I think the one lesson that I learned the most is a, a lot of people tell me you're their dad, you're their dad. Yeah. And I get what they're saying because I, I raised them. I potty trained both of them. I taught them both how to swim. Man, when I came in, just seems carrying both of them and their groceries. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And what, I'm like, what are you doing? Make them walk, they two, three years old. You know what I'm like, he like, he's so, seventeen like, years old. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She'd still be carrying them if I if, if I didn't come in the picture. You know, I'm like P pushing them now, right? Homeboy got a got an iPhone 12 and he's in a a a, a, a stroller. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, so like, I took him off the coupons. All that, the coupons are the devil. Come all on, right, let me tell you guys right there. Those things are evil. <laughs> it's an addiction. It's an addiction. <laughs> the devil. But but as a step parent, every, a lot of people said, you know, you're the dad, you're the dad, and I get what they're saying. But I, once I fully loved them, I didn't try to take the dad role. Mm. I just always took the stepdad role, but doesn't mean I treated them like a step kid. Okay. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Because my job is not to replace the dad. My job is to fill the void. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good that's one. That's my personal belief. Amen. That's good stuff. You know, because one of them's like, they get mad. They get in trouble with me if they call their dad their real name. So you want to call him dad. That's your dad. You see what I'm saying? And one of them's like, we got in a little altercation, right, with the kid when one of the kids. And he's like, 
the guy's name's Gabriel, right? His name's Gabriel. I'm like, his name's your dad. If his name's dad, you're going to call him dad. And he's like, his name's Gabriel. He's not my dad. I'm like, then who's your dad? He's like, you're my dad. And I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like uh, I know okay. <laughs> but they always called me dad, right? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. The dad role. But I'm like, I just had to tell him, yes, I'm your dad. But he is your dad. Mm, come on. Because the Bible says, honor your parents. Amen. So how am I going? This is my personal belief. No one got it. You can crucify me later, right? I don't believe you can call yourself like a solid. I'm not going that far, okay? If it's honoring your parents, then we should teach the kids how to honor their parents. Regardless of how they are, right? Regardless how they are. Right? And so how am I going to say, no, you got to only love me and talk dirt on the dad or try to teach them to disrespect their dad? And so I, I figure if I can't teach them how to love their dad, then how am I supposed to teach them how to love the father? Oh, come on. Good stuff. You see what I'm Good saying? Stuff. So for me as a step-parent, uh, the, the first thing was to back up and say I'm not their father but doesn't mean I'm not their dad. Mm, come on. Right? I like that. I, I'm heavily involved in their life and I love them so much if they did have a father-son game I would want them to do it with their dad. I'll be in the in the in the in the stands number one fan, right? Amen. I'll be there cheering them on. Bro, you're gonna make me cry. Don't be you don't be talking yeah. like that, bro. You're gonna make me cry, <laughs> dog. Nah, but, yeah, no, good stuff. But man. I still would want the respect as, as I could. You know what I'm saying? Like I ain't got no girls, right? But if there was a girl in the situation, I would want the man to ask me for the hand in marriage. You mm. know what I'm saying? Amen. But whatever that thing is, my job is still to teach them how to respect the lady. You know what I'm saying? Like they slip up and say a curse word here and there. You know what I mean? I tell them, there ain't no curse words in this house. So I don't know. You ain't going about to do this in this house. You know? Come on. Like, I still got to teach them the daddy thing. Still, hey, you open the door for moms. You know, you walk on the outside of mom. Never let the girl walk on the outside of you. You know? Ooh, come uh, on. Just teach them the little things. Amen. And my job is still just to write and just fill the boards, you know, as best as I can. That's all I can do. Hey man, good stuff, good stuff, man. Um, yeah, it's challenge. I I don't, you know, I know uh, I have friends that um that have stepkids, and um, man, it it can be challenging, but uh, it seems like you know you you're going about it the right way. Hey man, let's let's talk let's talk a little bit about ministry. Uh, what kind of ministry uh do you do? What what do you are involved with? I know that the other day you were telling me that um your uh your uh discipleship is very important to you um what do you call it um how important it is i don't know if that's me or you Let me lower that yeah bit. i was gonna that's me i was you. telling justine actually to tell you it stop okay know. um oh no it's gone okay is it me or you All right, we good, we good, we good. Um, how important it is not only to be discipled, but to disciple. 
I know you're really big on that. You love to work with uh, other believers and um, how important it is to be involved in other believers' lives. I, I think it's really important, right? Um, All right. Good. You're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it, I think it's. Uh, Are you? Uh, is someone else listening? To, uh, is someone else in the room listening to it too? No, 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 huh? No. Okay. There's a little echo, but that's fine. We can we we can continue. Go ahead and talk about discipleship and how important it is for men to be involved in other men's lives in the church. I I think that's the key. I think once discipleship and the church misses then then something's missing mm -hmm. because we should be able to raise up to speak life and, and and for the cycle to continue right like in in any aspect you should be wanting to grow the the, the ladder or or get deeper and so discipleship is something that i feel if you're not getting discipled or or discipling somebody, like, what are you doing? You know, like, there has to be a constant movement going. Yeah. Because there's always room for growth. Mm, and yeah, we can we can read and we can read other books. We can read the Bible. We could be in prayer all day long. But there's something about a hands-on type thing. You know, there's something about people that can just speak life to you and, and encourage you and give you words of affirmation, right? And, and teach you how to pray or challenge you, right? Uh, to to grow into the next level, right? But the same thing, like, if you're growing, don't be selfish. If you got disciple, don't be selfish. Oh, come on, talk about yourself. that. Yes. Share share your wisdom, man. Share your your knowledge. Your, how you be intimate with the Lord, right? You got to be able to pour out what somebody's poured into you. Like we can't be selfish Christians, right? We got to find ways to advance the kingdom. That's what it's about. You know, it's it's advancing the kingdom. It's it's raising men of God. Like, don't you ever? Wonder why there's more women rising up, and and there's not a lot of men that are that are. You know what I'm saying? Like that always bugs me. Like, yeah, where, yeah. Where the men at? Where the priests, the homes at? You know. So, I just always, even even uh, we're Bible study leaders. So I tell the Bible study leaders, man, you need to get somebody like it. I'm here. I speak life into anybody who's in my life. You know yeah. what I mean? But <clears throat> I say I got I got discipled by Pastor Gil Lujan and, and Pastor Amen. Carlos Garcia. Mm. Right? <clears throat> Lujan didn't ask me to if I can disciple you. I, I said I like what I want what you got. Mm, come on, that's disciple old school. Me. I didn't even have a full on relationship with him yet. That's an old school way of doing things. Uh People would get saved, and um, either someone would grab you, or but there's a desire when you get saved to want more of God, and so you begin to see men of God around you, and like man, I want what he's got, I want what he's got, I want what he's got, I want his, I want a marriage like him, I want to raise children like him, and I think 
there's the men in the church, like you're saying, where the men in the church at? And uh, there's not a lot of men that are willing to, because discipleship takes time. It, it, um, yeah. Discipleship is not pretty. They, the only thing pretty about you discipleship. You got to be accountable. Mm, come on, talk and, about it. And, and people don't want to humble themselves. That's why it's like, die to yourself, man. Pick up your cross and follow me, you know? Amen. Follow me as I follow Christ. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I I, I truly am 100% feel disciple and be a disciple. You know, get discipled and start discipling. Like, and if you're only doing it, do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, Amen. You if you didn't do it yesterday, you start today. Like, there's no need for waiting. Like, if you're hungry, you're going to eat. Mm, so, come I on. always had that appetite. I'm I'm eating like I didn't get saved to just not see nothing happen, you know. Oh, definitely, like, definitely. I got saved. I want to see the glory. You Come on. Like the other day, I text my pastor. I go, "Hey, Pastor Mark, if anybody from the church, I told Pastor Mark, I said, Pastor, I'm be the greatest person to ever step foot in Whittier. Come on." <laughs> I'll be a, I'm gonna be the greatest disciple ever step foot out of this church. Ooh, come on! I'm thinking he, yeah, I think he thinks I'm saying I'm gonna be your best one, your favorite one. I don't care about if I'm your favorite, <laughs> but I'm just putting the mark out. I'm not up there yet, but I will be the best one that ever stepped foot in that church. Come on! So I'm not being cocky, but I'm saying God use me. Come you on! Know what I'm saying yes, yes. And, and we gotta hire the bar, like. I'm not. I'm not there with all the pastors, but I, I want it. Amen. Amen. I'm willing to get it. Amen. And so, if they're my pastors, then I should leave off on their shoulders, and then they push me up. You know what I'm saying? So it's all about grabbing the next generation and say, "Go farther than me. Mm. Go farther than me." You know what I'm saying? So that should be the goal: is to push the next generation farther Amen. than you. You know, but it's all about, man. Are you hungry or not? Like. I'm hungry. Amen. You know what? Uh, what I always tell people is, as a leader, and I did um, uh, youth ministry for many years, and there was leaders under me. The one of the uh, the Bible talks about the student is not above the teacher, but if yeah. you're a teacher of God's word, if you're a teacher of anything, one of the things that a teacher always desires is that their students to be greater than them and to be better than them, but to also understand authority. And I think a lot of times. Yeah. With leaders, and I will I will just say leaders in general. I won't say pastors because pastors are leaders first. Is you got a lot of leaders that that are um, not very secure. They're very insecure. They can be very uh, uh, authoritative, and this is my ministry, and this is my seat, and I worked hard for this, and and um, they don't want no one. They don't want to raise nobody up because then that person might just shine a little bit more. But the greatest thing you could do is impact other lives to impact other lives. And so you got the mentality already like, you know what? I just want to do better so that someone could do better. So I got to follow those that are doing God's will and they're going to push me up. And so that's a, a that's definitely a, a desire of a leader. If if you're a leader and you don't desire the people around you to be better than you, then you're in the wrong business. You're that's that's the people business. Amen. So let's uh let's let's fast forward a little bit to um um you are definitely an entrepreneur. Um you have a business that you started. Um it has to do with trucking and then you and your wife actually started another business. 
um, let's talk about entrepreneurship and um, how sometimes that's really not talked about in the church. You know, uh, ministries pushed, uh, discipleship is somewhat pushed. Uh, start this new ministry. Start this new church. Start this new Bible study. A lot of times you don't hear people telling the people in the congregation, hey, go after your dreams because those dreams, they're like people don't think that God puts not just ministry in our hearts, but he puts businesses and, and, and stuff so that we can be blessed and then be a blessing to the ministry. Talk to us a little bit about a little bit about your journey and how you started these couple of businesses um, with your family. Um. Well, my business, I actually got it from uh, our old pastor. Um, he moved out to Iowa, I believe, Idaho. And, and he had called me hey, if I wanted to take over. He's moving. And I was just starting working with um, Evangelist Richard, got me a girl. And uh, I was making good money right there, like better than I was ever making before. Um, I love the experience. I, I'm very appreciative. Um, but an opportunity came, and, I, and I've known what it did, and I know what it can do. So I, I, I jumped on it. Why we prayed about it, you know, it wasn't like a – it had to have been a fast move because he was moving. Yeah. Um, so I had to go get trained. I actually, <clears throat> it's funny how God works because the last check that I got was all free money. Like we were ahead of our bills. It was just the full check was to kind of like just do whatever we wanted with it. And then when I took the business, I had to go a month with no pay just to go out there and get trained every day. Um, so what I do, I, I, I go to uh, truck lots, like diesel, 18-wheeler lots, right? And uh, I just fix up whatever needs fixing so it's easier for them to sell the trucks. You know, if there's dashboards, dashboards have holes in it. I repair the dashboards, uh, paint the steering wheels, paint frames. I do a little body work, a little painting on the outside, bumpers right. and stuff. I do basically whatever. And yeah, they say, yeah. hey, can you fix that? We could try, you know, because I'm not going to make it worse. Uh, <laughs> so, I, I, so it's kind of like self-teaching yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also me and my wife, we do a Primerica. Yeah, talk uh, to us a little bit that um, Prime America and um, how you guys are helping people financially get stable. And then it's, uh, it, like you said earlier, it's stewardship. And uh, yeah. so... Talk to us a little bit about, you know, the misconceptions, because even I have my misconceptions. But talk to us a little bit yeah. of misconceptions about what Prime America is and how you guys have been a blessing not only to families, but it's been a blessing to you as well financially, not just money wise, but getting stuff back on track. And because I watch all your I watch uh, I watch a lot of your wife's stuff and and um, I see, you know, what she talks about, how she shares and. So talk to us a little bit about uh, the good, the, the the good things that God is using you guys to do for for people. Uh, yeah, Primerica. Um, so basically, we had all the skeptical things like everyone does, right? Yeah. I experienced the only reason why I uh, it went through 
I, I always wanted to know about investments. And I had a friend of mine from middle school. He kind of talked about it. So I asked him, what's up, you know? And uh, he said, meet him at the office. So I pull up to the office and I'm like, man, it's from America. Like, <laughs> I was like, mad, right? You got me. And, and yeah, Justine was like, are you serious? But I, I try to be a man of my word as much as I can, right? Yeah. So I said I was going to go. I'm going to go. I'm just going to just go because I said I'm not going to leave him hanging. And he started showing me, like, all that they do, right? And I'm like, man, well, I got to talk to the wife or come talk to the wife, too. <laughs> so he drives all the way out here. He's from, he lives in Fontana. He drives over here, Santa Fe Springs, and he lays out everything that Primerica does. And, and so the only bad side is people had bad experience with them. Yeah. With 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 people, not not the company can't do nothing. It's like it's like a restaurant. You can have bad service, but don't mean the food's bad. You just had a bad customer service. It's like God ain't bad, but the people in the church could be really bad. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I feel you. you just I feel you on that. Some, you know what I'm saying? Um, I, I'll be bold enough to say this. I believe Primerica is the second greatest thing you can give anyone. Mm, come on. Jesus is the first. Okay. I was waiting for you to say something. So we like, talking about salvation and eternity. Uh, I was about to say, uh, you better, uh, you, ooh, you better talk about Jesus. No, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right. You're doing good. Um, you're still, I must, you're still my friend. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Cut, no, him loose. Um, cut, cut him loose. Cut him loose. Yeah, yeah. But go ahead. Talk, uh, continue. So, so Primerica is, all, all it's saying is, what what life insurance is for mm. you know people think it's to to bury you mm. or all it well it really talks about your financial household and the foundation of of any financial household is 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 life insurance mm, okay and, and the reason why is because the next step is emergency funds and then it's getting out of debt and then little investments right mm -hmm. but people want to get out of debt they don't care about life insurance or safety money. They just want to get out of debt. Yes. Right. <clears throat> but if you don't, if you if you're getting out of debt and an emergency happens, which an emergency is going to happen, what are you going to do to get out of the emergency? You're going to go right back into debt. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So so we teach you a game plan of how to get out of debt faster, and the reason for life insurance. Life insurance is not for you. It's you're the man of the household. If something happens to you, your family's still good after you mm. pass away. But but if I and if money is tight with both you guys, yeah. Whoever's listening, imagine when one person passes away, money's mm -hmm. really gonna be tighter. Yeah. So I feel your family's my, my family's my first ministry. Correct. I'm making sure my family's well taken care of after I pass. So my biggest question to you is. If I die, I don't want some dude spending my money with my wife. How do I get to making sure that Sancho don't get my money, bro? No. Well, how you dead and jealous? <laughs> I just oh. want to make sure. Oh, I, I, I got to go. You can't be dead and jealous. <laughs> but no, no. Okay. But I think for men, you know, that's something that, that uh, 
it's not a fear, but it's like, dang, you know, like if I do die, I don't want my my family to struggle. You know, I, of course, it's not going to be millions of dollars, but it will be something, you know, and that's a. Uh, I don't think we think like that. I think because we're Christians sometimes. That's our mindset, right? Because Christians, we believe, ah, it, you know, do Christians don't like to plan for the future because, you know, we, we're, we're always stuck in, uh, we're, it, it's a weird mindset. But, you know, yeah, when I, if, if anything happens to me, oh, God's going to take care of it. But that's not wisdom. That's not wisdom. That's, that's kind of stupidity. And so, like you're saying, plan, you know, and so, Amen. Well, 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 it's the same thing. Like, like they say, uh, Forbes magazine, the blacks and the, the the Hispanic community is gonna be net worth zero in like by two thousand fifty. Two thousand fifty, our net worth is gonna be zero. But we don't think about life insurance because we say let's just buy a uh, uh, car insurance. I still want a car insurance, by the way. I, I still want car a car wash, by the way. When I die, <laughs> right? Just cause. That's just cause I want it. Right. And get your I'll, so I'll get your I'll get your face on a t-shirt. Can I get your face? Yeah, on yeah, a, yeah. That's fine. Okay. Cool. And and if you get tattoos, you can tap me a portrait if you're getting tattoos already. You know what I'm saying? You can do that. Let's get it. But um but it's a it's a mindset like yeah, e- even entrepreneur, right? We can get backlash because we're we're getting money, mm-hmm. but but it's okay for someone to say I got a dollar raise. But it's not okay because we're saying we're gonna make X amount of money in one month. Yeah. So, so we can say we're we're cool with the job and getting raises and promotions. But when it comes to entrepreneurship, a lot of a lot of Christians like get mad about we're not settling for this financial area that we're in, mm. and we have a goal to make. Come on, come on. But but I see the more money I make, the more money I can bless somebody. Come on. Because if I can't, if I can't, if I give you while I'm struggling, then I'm taking away from my family. Correct. Correct. And my family is my first ministry. Amen. But now if I'm not struggling and my finances are in order, I got emergency saved up. I got no debt. Right. And I'm and I'm living good. But I'm still paying my tithes, right? I'm still taking care of the, the house orders. If I give you, now I'm not taking money for my kids. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So we it's not that I'm preaching prosperity gospel. No, no, you're preaching wisdom. But just because you're broke don't mean you're a Christian either. Mm, come on. Right? In order to be a blessing, I have to be it. And yes. in order to bless somebody, I have to be blessed in, in some aspect or way. Mm. Come on. Talk without about hurting it. nobody else. Amen. Right? That's wisdom. If I'm going to pour out into somebody, somebody got to pour into me. Mm. So so I, I just think there's a misconception on, on entrepreneurship, right? Because we're programmed since we was in kindergarten to get a job. Mm. Right? You go to school and about rings. You get out of classroom about rings. You got a thirty-minute lunch, then you go back into classrooms, and you're programmed until after high school, and then you get a job. And they tell you when to go in. They tell you when to go to lunch. When you can get a vacation. My God, because you're programmed since since birth, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So I'm not knocking nobody who has a job, but I'm just saying 
there's more to life than a job. Amen. Amen. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, and my job, my business, my personal business, it's a blessing because I can go on vacation or I could take a day off if, if the wife needs me or if I need to do something for the ministry or anything like that. Right. Amen. I, I have the freedom to do that. Now, my goal is in two years that I'm not working at all and I just have workers working for me. Come on. That's my goal. Two years, right? Um, but that's if God, you know what I mean, hands still on the business, right? Amen. But entrepreneur is, is for freedom. It's not really for money. It's for freedom. Mm, I like that. I like that. I like that. I like that. Amen. Freedom. Amen. So uh, we t we talked a lot. We talked about a lot of things. We talked about being a, a father, um, um, raising um, children. We talked about you know you running uh, you were running the streets with this chest. You met your wife. You got a got a blessed a, a blessed uh, family. You got your you got the, you got your little mini me running around. Amen. Over there on social media. Um, I don't know if the wifey wants to jump on real quick, and if not, then cool. But um, I uh, is, is she, oh, she not dressed. <laughs> no, I'm dressed, but I'm not dressed like him. Oh, he got that. He got his good shirt on. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. got a stimmy shirt on. <laughs> she coming up right. All here. right. This is my first time ever, ever, uh, interviewing a hubby and a wife at the same time. All right. Sorry, I'm trying to get closer to <laughs> Hey, man, talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, your, uh, how you see how entrepreneurship has helped you uh, with the freedoms to be, you know, to be, because you're a stay-at-home mom at, at times, because I know if you worked at times. Talk to us a little bit about how is uh, how you're able to deal with that guy in the corner. He's a, he's a good man. But uh, just being a stay-at-home mom, Raising the children, doing the business, selling Herbalife. Uh, you sell uh, top of what? Not playing. She, you do everything. You sell everything. Um, talk to us a little bit about that. How you're able to juggle all that in ministry, and a hubby and kids and and um, yeah, man. Talk to us a little bit. All right. Uh, well, I don't sell everything. <laughs> I try everything, and I try to support people yeah. um, as much as I can. Actually, when um, we found Primerica, or Primerica found us, I guess you could say. We didn't choose Primerica, uh, it chose us. What happened? We didn't choose Prime America, it chose us. It chose us, <laughs> yeah. Amen, amen. No, because, um, well, to start off with that, when we got um, when we got introduced to it, I was totally against it. Yeah. I was like, man, I've had Primerica people come up to me and say, hey, you want to make more income. And I just didn't like that approach. It wasn't for me. And it was always more like they were flashy. You know, they showed all the money they made. They, yeah. they had, they dressed up like businessy. They had nice cars and, and it was like, look at my paycheck. And now here I'm, here I am showing my artist's paycheck to show like, yeah. it's real. It's not fake, you know? Um, but so I wasn't about that. I wasn't about like, I don't want to see your check. Like I could care less how much money you make. Does that make you better than me? That was mm. my mindset. Um, but we were, we were just walking into a new season too of him taking over the business, um, the trucking business and we needed, we actually needed help. And so I had taken, um, financial courses 
and I honestly didn't learn anything. Mm. But when Primerica came into my our life, um, our mentor was like, he sat down with us for three hours. No, he didn't get paid. Um, the only thing he got paid off was our life insurance policy, but I feel like it paid me more than it paid him because yeah, okay. it kind of opened doors to me that we never had. And um, like three hours is a long time, you know, for, and that kind of financial advice that we gained, that could cost hundreds of dollars. Yeah. So we needed it at the time because he had no, you know, we were dumb when we were young. When we got married, he cashed out his 401k. So we had no um, savings for our retirement. Um I was working at Starbucks, tired because we have three kids. Yes. You know, I had to be at work at 3.30 in the morning and uh, still come home, take care of the children. And, of course, you know, our kids are our older kids are deaf. The baby was still young. So it was a lot. And then yeah. still do ministry. I was tired. Yeah. Um, so we really were just living paycheck to paycheck. And once we took over the business, we went through a struggle, which we didn't talk about. But we went through... A long struggle financially like we you know some days we weren't sure when you know if we were going to get paid you know mm. we, we had to kind of finagle our money in a sense and when they walked in and when primarica came in it taught us how to do all that how to set up for retirement how to set up you know how to protect our family for life insurance because mm. i almost died mm-hmm. when i gave birth to our last to my uh our last son and had I died, I would have left my husband really, you know, we're already paycheck to paycheck. So yeah. How much in, and in debt. So how much more in debt would he, you know, be? Um, fast forward now, I left Starbucks during the pandemic again because it was just too much. Um, I'm, I'm a mom before I'm a worker. Mm, you know, I'm a mom before my business. And I've had to learn. Um, I've had to learn how to balance it all. Yeah. Uh, because it's been rough, you know, like I want to make an income. I've always been goal oriented. I've always known I wanted to be my own boss, but I never knew how to get to that place. Mm, and I never on. knew how to, I, you know, I'm not talented. I can't make gels for your face. I can't make um, clothing, you know. I, I'm not the best salesperson. So I yeah. was like, man, what am I going to do? How am I going to be Come my on. own boss when I can't even really do nothing? Um, and so that part, part of Primerica was an answer prayer. I prayed in the shower yeah. one day and I said, God, bring something because yeah. I'm tired of working at Starbucks. I'm tired of waking up early. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I want to do more. I see more for us. Um, so I left Starbucks during the pandemic because our kids were home. They needed me. You know, I, like I said, I'm a mom first. My children come first before anything. I think that's how God has kind of set me up since I've been a teen mom since I was 16 so mm. they had to come first um, and uh, it just brought it brought freedom the way I balance it by the Lord you know I'm still learning um, you know our days are, are crazy my husband still has to go to work and yeah he has the freedom to take off when he when he needs to but then also when he takes off he won't he won't get paid because yeah. you know, he works by the truck he gets paid by the truck so it's really up to me. I see it as it's my um, my responsibility. I think we're a little a little old school, I guess you could say, but I guess it would be biblical because I feel like it's my responsibility to take care of the home. Um, I'll never. It's kind of getting personal, but we lived together before we were uh, married, mm. and granted, we weren't saved. But I remember uh, I w- it was a time where I just was really lost, and yeah. um, even though I shouldn't have even been doing the wifey things 
uh, Greg had said, man, like, at least pick up the house. Like, don't let it be messy or like a poop site. And that's yeah. a lot coming from Greg because he doesn't expect nothing from me. <laughs> like, and that kind of really has been in my mind since then. And it's not about it being dirty. It's about, like, how I take care of my family. Yeah. It's kind of like how how it reflects me as a, as a woman of God and how and reflects me as, as a woman, you know, um, I truly believe to pour, to pour all into, to the kids because they're the next generation. Amen. You know, they're the ones that are going to, um, come after us. And we're really, uh, really strong and, and of like our legacy. What are we going to leave? Ooh, come you know, on, talk are about we it. leaving men of God or are we just leaving these little crazy boys on the streets you say, you see nowadays, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, um, definitely. So definitely, you know, and then as far as, juggling ministry i'm still learning yeah uh, i learned how to be a leader through my husband i really do and i, I give him i give him credit he he's so humble he doesn't he doesn't take it well. um uh, but yeah. i learned a lot from him um just how to be a leader and um and how to just be you know a godly person no go ahead oh sorry uh so yeah, I've learned a lot from him, but it's crazy. You would think the business would not teach me anything as far as like my personal life, but it, it taught me to overcome um, obstacles. You know, Primerica has taught me to keep pressing forward, keep, keep keep walking, keep having faith. You know, keep believing that there's more. Um, there was a time in my life where I would just give up because we've had a lot of issues with our children, with our older boys, as far as like behavior and and things like that and I would be in college and and I'd be like you know what? I give up I can't and I would I would take I would not be enrolled anymore and um there's a lot of times in my life where I gave up but what Primerica taught me is to keep pressing forward and keep pressing forward and I think that's what we need in our walk too we need to press forward no matter what trial comes when whatever um comes our way you know have faith and and continue to rise up and just wait for on the Lord and see what he has planned for you. Amen. Maybe you can share a little, oh. <laughs> uh, no, you can share a little bit about, um, maybe you can encourage, maybe there's some stay at home moms right there. There's some women at home and feel like that's it for them. Just raising kids, just making dinner uh, five days a week. Is there anything you can share with maybe young moms or just women maybe that are at home and you know what they feel like, man, this is it for me. Or, you know, because I know that, you know, God wants to expand us and give us more. And and I know even for my wife, like the pandemic pushed her to start her photography company. And I don't think she might have done that if she, if she was working a nine to five, you know. And so God works everything for the, his good. So could you give a little encouragement maybe to some women out there to to go after their goals, to go after their dreams, to 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 seek more. Amen. Well, I think um, for sure, like if you feel like God has solely called you to to be a mom and to be a wife and to just run your household, that's and that's what you feel God has called you to, then by all means, pour it all into it. You know, mm -hmm. like run it like a business in a sense. Like that's that's your business. You know, the children, your ministry, though. Yeah, but but if that's if that's what you feel you're called to, then by all means, do that. Mm -hmm. But if you feel like God is calling you to more or you feel like, God, is this it? I mean, first, 
speak with the Lord, mm, talk with on. him and, and, and pray on it. And, um, you know, get into your word, get into prayer and really seek what, where you feel the Lord is calling you. And like I said, like, I, I always knew, I always felt since I was in high school or even in elementary, um, they would ask like, you want to be a teacher? You want to be a firefighter, an astronaut? <laughs> I don't want a boss, yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's all I know is I just don't want a boss. That's all I knew. Yeah. Um, so I've always, I've always felt that pull in my heart and, and I've known like, this is what God wants me to do. Have I had my doubts? Yes. Yeah. Especially when we, um, when we got, you know, we were in training and, and we had so many no's and people were like, Oh, you're, you're just, um, you're, you're, it's a scam. It's a pyramid scheme. And sometimes it hurt because it was like, it was talking, it was down. It felt like it was hitting my character, but you had to, I had to learn. Don't take it personally. Yeah. Um, you know, some people just aren't there yet, but they could be and they will be. So I would just encourage moms, like, if you feel God pulling on your heart to do something more, pray about it, you know, let him lead you to it. Cause I was in a sense led to the company, led to the business. You know, we were led, um, taking over the trucking, uh, business i guess you could call it a mm -hmm. restoration we were led to that and um and it was a blessing um you know and sometimes like say yes to things that scare you you know Ooh, it, we're never gonna move um forward if we don't get uncomfortable we have to get comfortable with getting uncomfortable and um make sure you know we stay in our word as moms i think we tend to get more busy you know my husband's always very like I'm reading and that's it. And I'm like, man, I wish I could be like that. Like I'm reading and that's it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, he doesn't say it like that, but it's like when dad's, dad's reading, you know, dad's reading. Like we just, we already know we're, you know, do your thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And as a mom, I feel like, oh my gosh, I can't just go out and read. It's so like, you know, I got things to do. Yeah. Um, but we definitely have to take that time out and, and make sure we, you know, we pray over our children we wake up and we pray over the household. We, you know, get in our own word, have our own walk. You know, we're not just mom. We're not moms first. We're daughters first. Ooh, come on, um, preach. But yeah, I would say. Amen. Just press forward. Get uncomfortable. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Amen. You well, gotta keep pressing forward. Amen. Well, I appreciate your wisdom. I appreciate you you sharing your heart with us. Amen. As we close. Um, Brother Greg, I want I wanted to hear from you a little bit. If you had one last sermon to preach, one last thing to say, one last platform, um, who would it be to, and what would your message be? I wish you would have told me about this one. This uh, yeah. Who would it be to? Well, if it's the last one. It would have to be to the to the sinners, right? To the world. Yes. Because if it's your last, if it's your last message, you don't want to preach to a, a, a Christians already. Come on, because it should be about souls. Amen. So, what would be the last message? Repent. Ooh, come on. Kingdom of God is at hand, but God is a God of love, mercy, grace, his goodness. Um, and you know, Jesus, 
even where you at, Jesus still loves you, man. Amen. I, I remember when I accepted Christ, the, the pastor told me, and he goes, it's not like you don't want to. It's just you're afraid you're not going to know who, if you're going to like the person you're going to become. Mm. And man, he just spoke right to my phone. I just broke, you know? But if only you can feel the presence of God, it's all worth it, man. It's better than any alcohol or drug, whatever you want to do, man. So my last message will be to the world, man, to lost souls and, and, and just to remind them that Jesus still loves you, man. And he's died on the cross for you. It's the gospel, right? I think we, we even John 3, 16, we take that scripture as a little kid scripture, but man, is it powerful. Definitely, definitely. Man, he, he, for God so loved the world that he gave his only forgotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life, you know? And it's not enough just to believe it, it's to, to grab hold on it. Like, a parachute is going to help you if you jump out of a plane, but it ain't going to do nothing unless you move a parachute. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. So a lot of people believe in Jesus, but they don't believe in Jesus. Like, it's one thing to believe, but it's another to get born again. And, and, and man, we just got to grab hold onto his promises, you know. Amen. Jesus is good. God is good, man. Amen. Well, whoo, come on. We've been going at it for about an hour and 26 minutes. Amen. I want to thank you. I want to thank your wife, man. You guys are awesome. You guys are beautiful. Um. Just want to uh, give a personal shout out to you guys, man, for uh, for uh, for looking out for us, man, when I was sick and uh, I was I had the Rona, amen. And you guys came and blessed us, and um, you guys been um, helping out. Uh, you've been supporting the the photo uh, ministry. I ain't seen no money though, but I know she takes pictures of everybody, and I don't see no money, but that's fine. But amen. <laughs> I want to know where the money's at. I just want to know where the money's yeah, at. Yeah, yeah. But amen. I want to thank you guys. Love you guys. Appreciate you guys. And um, until next time, uh, thank you very much for coming through and uh, spending time with me. I appreciate that, man. It is an honor, and I appreciate you even thinking uh, of me to be on the show and, and allowing me to just share my heart, man. I, I pray for you. I remember when you first started thinking about this, I said, you're perfect for this. Yeah, man. You you have the gift for, for this, and I believe God is going to do something great. I appreciate And, and it's going to be bigger than you, what you expect. I hope so. Don't, don't dream small. Don't think small. God is a God of uh, unlimited. So stop. Don't ever put limits on, on your podcast, man. Uh, God told Abraham to come outside and fellowship, and he told him to look up, and what do you see? And, and I believe he did that because Abraham was comfortable in his tent, and if he would have looked up, he would have seen limitations in the ceiling, but God had to make him walk outside and fellowship where he can look up to show him he is a God of no limits. There's no limitation upon his name, so I pray uh, that, that that is for your podcast, man. There's no limitation on what God can do, man. And, and just look up, man, and tell me what you see. Ooh, come on. Amen. I appreciate you, man. Thank you for the word of encouragement. I love you, man, God. Love you. Awesome, God bless bro. you guys.
All right, All right here we go. Church, but I reach. I heal the blind with a speech. They hit the beach for a piece. I brought my peace to the beach. Got some, got some, got some. They want that healing, I got some. They want that realness, it cost some. Costly, cost me penny bands, they try to.